Who needs doctors, lawyers, or engineers when you can start a brand new ad career? Turn a new leaf, write a new chapter, please turn over. Hi, you're listening to the Please Turn Over podcast and I'm Divya Mirle, a lawyer turned writer currently in Germany. This is a show documenting what it's like to switch from so-called traditional careers to advertising. My guests are all fellow defectors who've left serious careers and possibly given their parents aneurysms as they embark on creative pursuits. My guest today is Lorenzo Colnaghi, an Italian copywriter currently in Berlin. I didn't know Lorenzo personally before this podcast, but his reputation preceded him. He's the founder of a meme page called Miami Meme School where he regularly posts dank memes about ad school experiences. Lorenzo's a consultant from Milan who shifted to Berlin, where he studied, won student awards, founded his infamous meme page and ultimately landed a job as a creative copywriter. So without further ado, here's Lorenzo. Hi Lorenzo and welcome to the Please Turn Over podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for making the time today. How are you? Oh, good. Hi, Hidivia. I'm really happy to be here and uh, this podcast. And uh, I already listened to your previous uh, episode and I'm really, oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh, cool. Speaking of cool, I want to start this off with a segment called Cool Story Bro, where I want you to tell me the last cool thing that happened to you. It doesn't have to be professional. It can just be random anything. Mm, uh, so. It, it it happened like a, a week ago or something, and um, I was hanging out with some friends, uh, like uh, in an agency here in uh, like after work uh, agency meeting with with like uh, friends in Berlin, you mm-hmm. know. And there I met other um, people that I didn't know, but they they knew me from my Miami uh, meme school page that I I manage. Like I have this uh, meme school uh, page about like. Uh, yeah uh memes like uh, for students uh for advertising students you know inspired mm-hmm. by the school i did and uh, so they, they knew me from that age and when i they knew like i was the person behind this they were like kind of they went nuts you know wow. like oh yeah. oh my god you're the you're the person and they were like uh so lovely and uh yeah i felt i, I felt appreciated you know like but unexpectedly and uh, yeah it was funny it was a cool moment I think I think every industry now is having like this whole meme culture because yeah. a lot of ad agencies, a lot of legal places, Wall Street places, and they're all just drowning in memes. So I think it's a great side hustle slash next career option for people. But yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad that people are like recognizing you for side hustle. I think that's a good flex to have. Yeah. Yeah, and it started like, as a joke, you know, and but it, it was uh, it was funny. I mean, yeah, yeah, and not that you asked me about my cool thing, but I want to share it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cool thing was that I went stand up paddling here in Hamburg, and um, I fell flat on my face with four German families surrounding me, and um, all of them showed a lot of concern in German, and none of them really helped. But it was horrible yet refreshing. Things that happens in Germany. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And uh, now it's part of the spill the tea section where we talk all about you. And um, we're going to fangirl you for a bit, which should feel pretty nice. Um, I want to start by quoting a bit about you from your about me section, because okay. um, I do stalk people you know, because it's 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 a fun thing to do. And also little children. Okay, like not all little children, like just some of the older ones. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've said the most important skill I got from my background in consulting is to be like a biogas generator. I learned to turn shit into positive energy without the gas. So... <laughs> I love that line. Why don't you tell us a little more about your background, what you studied, um, your first career and all about that? Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I graduated in, um, in communication science uh, 
and and then I, I got also my master's degree in marketing communication. So I I, I, dis, I did specialize, you know, in more like into marketing because back then I I knew that marketing was an area that I could find a job, you know, mm-hmm. and um and then after just one month I graduated. Um, I was already working a little in a, in a startup uh, helping it with some like social media managing, you know, like was quick, quick sort question. Of this, this was all in sure. Italy, right? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't tell you that I started in Italy. Okay. I was uh, studying and working in Milan. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, I did this, uh, like uh, just a social media manager thing. I kind of liked it, but not much, you know? So uh, when uh, I found a real job, you know, in consulting, uh, it was a um, digital marketing, media buying, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know uh, what was, you know, because uh, from the uni- universities, at least in Italy, I would say, they didn't, uh, they don't prepare you really uh, for uh, the the real jobs out there, you know? Yeah. So you just have a, maybe an overview. You think you could fit, but you don't know until you are, uh, you are inside, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what happened. Like they offered me a full-time job there. So I was super happy to start it like uh, just one month after I graduated. So everything was so smooth, so perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, my parents were super happy, you know, everything yeah. uh, like yeah. uh, the dream coming through, you know, or, or especially after five years of studying a lot and good, good Wait, grades. So and, your marketing degree was for five years, five years long? Uh, yeah, it was three years of uh, communication science plus two years of master degree, you know? Yeah. And uh, so my master degree was two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started there. And, uh, but to be honest, I also, during the, the period, I also uh, did some interviews with a creative agency, okay. uh, but they didn't land a job there. And I didn't know how much uh, there were, it was uh, different, you know, between yeah. the things. Yeah. And um, as, as soon as I started, I understood that, um, I mean, uh, the, the, the consulting firm uh, was big. It was uh, one of the biggest in Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, the team was uh, cool and everything, but I wasn't really doing what I, I, I wanted. Okay. And um, like uh, the, the the big why, you know, I, I changed it was because throughout all this process, because I worked there one year. So anyways, I think it was kind of enough to get an idea, you know, of what I was doing or not, right. whether I was liking. And uh, in, this, uh, in this year, I understood that I felt, you know, that I wasn't using one part of me. Okay. Uh, like uh, I was mainly working on uh, Excel sheets or presentations mm-hmm. or all, all these uh, email and uh, data because it's all about the performance, like uh, uh, understanding how much uh, an ad uh, is uh, performing. So I was yeah. buying media spaces, but then I understood that I didn't want to buy spaces for ads. I wanted to make ads. I wanted to create, to, to be involved in the, in the creativity. Um, and and that wasn't possible there. Like I tried, of course, I asked my boss and everything, hey, is there any more creative position, you know? Right. But then is where I understood, okay, there are creative agencies that do mm-hmm. this, you know? And also I understood in that moment that also like if I, because I also tried, you know, to find a job directly to, uh, on brand, you know, on, on yeah. uh, directly on the client side. And uh, I was kind of surprised like to get to know that really big brands as really tiny communication teams because they just outsourced everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh, yes, let's go to Heineken, for instance. Uh, but I didn't know there was like, for, for example, Publicis Milan, you know, they are yeah. doing crazy stuff for them, you know? Right. So that's also something that you don't know, like at least university, you don't, they don't explain you this, you know, and you just discover you, when you're in. you do internships or anything like that, like three or five years there? Mm, yeah, I did it like in a in a small agency, just to, uh, where I was doing like a more related like uh, um, search engine op- optimization services. So it was okay. like another area still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of lucky because just after my master degree, I got a full time uh, job like without doing internship. So I, I saw yeah. like all my friends, you know, went, going through all the internship, which for one side are useful because you understand there. If you if you like something or not, you know. Yeah. But I was kind of already stuck in a full time job yeah. that I didn't like it much. But like I, as I told you, so I, these are like the whys, you know. I wasn't really uh, feeling what I was doing, 
Um, but at the same time, I learned a lot of things. And one of these things right, is... Quick question. These, yeah. This why that you were talking about, when did the first why start mm. hitting you in the face where you couldn't just ignore it and say, oh, it's just a bad day. It's just a bad week. It's fine. Yeah. Work is like boring. But when did that first why stand up and say, bitch, look at me. It's not, it's <laughs> not like, <laughs> it's not every day. So there, I think it was mm, uh, like... Um, it was a step-by-step -step process, you know, um, just like at the beginning, I understood that uh, there wasn't the creative part. But anyways, I was feeling good because I was doing good. You know, like I, I wasn't that much mm, picky, you know, with, because it was my first job, like I was paid well. So even if the creative part wasn't there, to me it was like, okay, I can, uh, let's leave it out for now, you know? Yeah. Uh, but then there was other, there were also otherwise, and, um, and, and these were like more practical, like, uh, uh ma managing wise, like uh, the, the work, work wise, uh, the hours were really tough. Like, uh, I, I mean, you might have heard about consulting agencies yeah, I mean, when, yeah. when there is always about like a client involved and big budgets, you work uh, 12 hours per day or even more during the weekends, all these things, you know, mm -hmm. and I was doing that. And uh, I liked it just because I was doing well, you know, because yeah. I, I managed to be like, a, um, to take time on working on Excel sheets and, and, and reports and data and stuff. Even if I'm, I, I, I knew that I did, I wasn't that kind of guy, but, um, and just there I understood. Sorry, sorry? Just on. I think what you, what you're talking about is really interesting because I know so many people who are doing their job and you're good at your job, but it doesn't mean that you should always continue, right? Because that's exactly. something that people, I heard a lot when I was shifting careers, they're like, why? It's it's going so good. Why would you change? And you have so much inertia at that point, right? So I can imagine it must have been tough for you too. Being, pay, getting paid well, doing a good job, rising the ranks, like you have so much against you when you're trying to move. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for understanding me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was... Um, uh, I was at the point that they gave me a really um, big responsibilities because mm -hmm. uh, they they saw they saw first that I was working also a lot out of hours, mm -hmm. <laughs> out of office, you know, hours and stuff like this. And uh, but this is also how I am. Like uh, I have a sort of ethics that I feel work ethics. You know that uh, I feel I'm not done with the work until yeah. I, I really satisfy with the quality with the and also since that was all about the numbers and be precise. And there are like big, bigger, big budgets involved, you know, you couldn't like the pressure and the stress was there. Like yeah. you couldn't do any mistake because there are like big budgets involved and you can lose money if you, you know, you let an ad run on Google for one day more, you know? Sure. And, uh, and there, like, uh, that's one why, you know, the pressure was a lot, the work was a lot. And I was, even if I was able to work 12 hours per day, I felt that I was just you know, I wasn't leaving. I was just suspended in this uh, cloud uh, somewhere, you know, yeah. for those 12 hours and then coming back home. And, and you um, autopilot or something. You're just... Exactly, exactly. I was just, you know, maybe putting the music on and working on reports, reports, reports. And, um, and that's something that I, I was 25, I think. And I said to myself, wait, I mean, I just started. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm well paid. I can grow. Uh, I can have a really good career start and everything. Yeah. But I shouldn't settle down right now, you know? Yeah. And um, so it wasn't easy for sure, like to develop this sort of, uh, I think I should do something, some, the big leap, you know, uh, leaving everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I did it uh, also, let's say, thank you to, uh, I think in this process, you need people to, to help you somehow. Yeah. I was going to ask you, who did you reach out to and what was the yeah. reaction like? Um, it was, uh, yeah, you know, like during the process when I told them, uh, I want to change and everything, uh, my parents mm -hmm. were kind of supporting, like I wouldn't say they weren't against this choice, but you could feel the, oh, I felt, you know, they were yeah. kind of surprised because, oh, finally my son has everything, uh, yeah. as a job, he can maybe buy uh, his own apartment or this stuff in, in next years. And he just out of nowhere, tell, tell, tell us, ah, you know what? I want to change career. And also I want to leave Italy. I want to uh, move in this uh, school to learn, uh, like to become a copywriter, you know, all these things that I will explain you why I did it, you know, 
but yeah. all these things. So my parents weren't helping much, mm-hmm. but it was my ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. that back then, you know, we were together and she was also leaving, uh, ready to leave for United States for her studies. So we had already this sort of feeling like, uh, hey, if you are, if you're not liking what you're doing right now, uh, anyways, I'm leaving. So I, I'm uh, like, you, we want, we want stays together. What if you use this time that we are like uh, apart, you know, in the yeah. best way possible for you, you know? And um, yeah, so kind of sort of reaction. I felt that was the right moment to do it because anyways, in my hometown, there yeah. wasn't much happening, you know, like my girlfriend was, uh, was leaving, uh, their work was boring. So I said, okay, let's try. Like I, I, I'm still young to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um and just sorry to uh, to finish uh, the, um, the the first question you know like so I, I learned as I said as I told you like to become this sort of yoga generator because I, I learned many things from consulting and uh, and some of them I, I still bringing them here yeah. in the in the advertising industry and I would say that one is still this one like managing a lot of shit load of course yeah uh, which which happened in any, in, or at least in many jobs, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. when you have the pressure and you are able to manage all this pressure, um, it, it's a good school. Like uh, the consulting was a good school for me and I'm using this also in advertising. So I think it, I mean, that was, that was actually a question I wanted to ask you a little later, but since we're talking about it now, like, do you think you had a lot of skills from your previous career that transfer to your present career? Yeah, so um, for sure this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to handle the stress, let's say, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, the pressure in general, like deadlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a bit of knowing how much uh, I can, um, I'm able to work, you know, because sometimes, I mean, also in advertising, you have to work until late hours, you know. Sure. And yeah. I did it already in uh, in another industry mm-hmm. where I didn't like what I was doing, you know. Yeah. So if I was able to do that, I can do uh, uh, something that I like even even farther, you know? That's actually, and, um, sorry to cut you off, but I remember telling oh. myself the same thing because I was talking to someone who said, when I was talk, thinking of making the shift, I spoke to a friend who said, see, advertising seems really flashy and interesting from the outside, but in the end, you're, you'll start by writing for like brochures and leaflets. You're not going to be writing huge campaign concepts. And then when I actually wrote those brochures or leaflets, I thought I'd rather spend 16 hours a day on this stuff than writing ESOP, like understanding ESOP schemes and drafting exactly. in my previous career. And I think that's sort of a payoff, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, so for sure that one. And also there is a funny thing about uh, consulting that I think mm-hmm. happens in any uh, consulting firm is mm-hmm. that since... Uh, they they bring a lot of juniors on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, the onboarding is really fast. Like uh, after one month, I was already making calls with clients, speaking about like uh, half a million budget, you know, uh, on really big campaigns. And I didn't have no idea of what was I, what, or what I was doing. Uh-huh. You know, there was the, the consulting firm name behind everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was officially an expert, but yeah. I was speaking with people that as a, like a, uh, 10 years or more years uh, of experience than me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but still they were like, oh, but you, Lorenzo, you are the expert. Can, can you please ask, uh, tell, tell us uh, what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like put on the spot, you know? Yeah. And you have to learn this ability of, you know, being the poker face, speaking about things yeah. that you don't know exactly, yeah. but you, they tell you, they told you some, something, what to do, you know? And yeah, when yeah. you learn to be convincing, to persuade the clients to say, really, put uh, 100,000 million, uh, no, million, no, 100,000 euros here because uh, this will give you this uh, 10% uh, growth uh, afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. When you learn to do this, uh, it's, it's about like kind of selling, you know? Yeah. Uh, but also being confident. Uh, we're speaking with also strangers, but also speaking with strangers that know, that know, that probably know more than you, you know? When you learn this, I think you can manage also to pitch any idea to any client or to your boss, you know, afterwards. Because yeah. again, is the idea that you came you came up with, you know, you're not pitching something that you have no idea about. Yeah. So also this, I think it was really helpful. Right now, like I don't feel stressed to present tons of ideas 
because they, they are the ones that I work on. Right. While previously I was pitching somehow, I was presenting numbers mm-hmm. and most of the time I didn't have a really understanding of what those numbers were meant, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know it sounds crazy, but um, especially the first months, a lot of uh, consulting firms uh, go like like this at the beginning, at least for, for the juniors. Wow. Okay. Fun fact, all of those clients you pitched to are my listeners on this podcast. So <laughs> Exactly. So now they know. Now they know. <laughs> but wow, that's that's a crazy journey, dude, to go from that to this. Even though you say that it is sort of related, I think there is a vast difference, right? Like you were handling budgets and now you're coming up with campaign concepts. It's They're just yeah. two completely different worlds. And I want to ask now, um, why copywriting and why Germany? It feels yeah. like now that I know a bit more about your background, you would have been a good fit for Strat instead of Strategy. Yeah, yeah. copywriting. So why copy in particular? Sure. Um, okay, like to be super honest, I started uh, uh, like me, like I wanted to change, you know, but I didn't have no idea still of yeah, what was the creative industry. Yeah. So that's where I discovered portfolio schools mm-hmm. um, because I was looking for an advertising agency for a creative agency in Italy, but I have no portfolio. So it was super difficult to me from there, uh, like to, to get a job because they were asking me, oh, so what can you show? And I could just show, oh, yes, I, I got uh, plus 20% registrations <laughs> on this website uh, this, this last month. Let, like, this, could, this was the only thing I could bring, you know, the, the results. Um, so I understood that I, I was lacking of a portfolio. And I found out the portfolio schools. And um, I knew that they were like really big ones in the United States, but they were out of budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Europe, the, the biggest I found was Miami Art School. Mm-hmm. And um, there were like uh, three Miami Art School uh, uh, locations. Um, Spain, uh, Madrid. Even if I, I kind of like the idea of moving to Spain, I was I was thinking that's too too similar to Italy. You know, right. I really wanted a different experience. I was a working uh, mindset, different mm-hmm. work, uh, mindset. Uh, so I moved to Germany and I moved to Berlin because also uh, my cousin is living here. Okay. So I knew it was kind of able to help me at the beginning, you know, with everything. Yeah. And I, I did copywriting because to be honest, also, I was also, um, I have been, let's say creative in the way that I feel there is an idea of there's some storytelling. And then I come up with where there is writing, but also with images, you know, mm-hmm. image related ideas. So I could also be a uh, art director, but I didn't know anything about uh, graphic design um, softwares. So between the two choices, I went for the copywriting mm-hmm. uh, because Miami Art School had like these uh, only two these two programs back then. Yeah. Yeah. Probably if there was this creative strategy mm-hmm. going on, yeah. maybe I could have choose uh, that one. And to be honest, also right now, like after, uh, I mean, after the two years of Miami Art School, uh, there, there is you know the first year is about studying, and the second year is about like doing internships. So you have really an experience inside the agencies. I wondered if I should um, switch, you know, to uh, to creative strategies. And um, from one side, I think I have, yeah, I still have good skills, uh, uh, useful skills for strategy. And they are, I, I still use them as a copywriter, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, from the other, I think the copywriter has the job to, I don't think I'm good, with, I'm really good with words, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I think I'm I'm kind of good with coming up with uh, you know concepts, sure. And uh, and that's something that strategies usually don't uh, doesn't do you know uh, yeah. because anyways it's more like uh, about the direction you know while here like uh, when I can really come up with a, a new idea that's the copywriter job. Yeah. So in the end I, I'm happy anyways to have chosen the copywriting path. Yeah. That's good. But I also wanted to ask you because you mentioned like you're not good with words. And I want to ask in these agencies in Europe, they ask for native uh, English speakers, right? And was that a barrier for you? Like, and how did you sort of deal of with Of course, that, that was uh, my, my big wall for yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, um, maybe we will explain later. But of course, like, uh, there are a lot of um, 
problems in uh, in changing career you know there are there are of course uh, positive things that you can bring from the previous job as i told you but there are a lot of cons sure and uh, one of the biggest was uh, this one that also uh, some some friends or like people in advertising in italy told me uh, like uh, you're crazy like you, you you won't be able somehow to find a job as a copywriter in germany or anywhere like in outside italy and um yeah so it was a big challenge but i know i knew that somehow sometimes uh they hire people for the way they think you know yeah. more than uh, or not also the way they think but also the way they are like also this right. positive man- mindset you know that i told you like this uh, being able to turn shit into something positive i think it's critical in advertising because you you got so many rejections uh not just about like interviews but also during uh, ideas pitching pitching to yeah. your boss pitching to your kind you know so if you have a positive mi- mindset and uh, like a good way of thinking mm-hmm. i i thought maybe i could land uh, some some jobs and um yeah like i managed to find a job in a really german agencies in berlin like it's not it's not one of the most international okay. so also i'm i'm kind of um i wouldn't say i'm a black sheep you know but i'm still like a, i i'm a, an exception mm-hmm. and uh, so it was a sort of a, uh, also hiring against uh, all the odds i would say but um and so i just started you know but uh, so far i think what i can bring to the agency is um of course the, the thinking and uh, the point of the like uh, an external an international point of view that sometimes mm-hmm. some agency are looking for So what I w- what I could tell other copywriters uh, out there, you know, or aspiring copywriters that would like to find a job mm-hmm. in a, even if they are not native, you know, yeah. um, I would say to focus in on agency or really international agencies, maybe because sometimes if the team is is not German and full of other like uh, people, mm-hmm. it, it feels natural to add another person, even if it doesn't know, even if he's not English native, you know. Uh, it, it can work anyways because they have international clients. Nice. So go for agencies with international clients or go for agencies that they care about awards, mm-hmm. uh, which are always, you know, international. Nice. And, um, and of course, that could work if you, are, if you have a portfolio that is, um, yeah, that has some awards, basically like student awards or something. So it can show you that, you can show that And I'm, re- I'm already good at this. Mm-hmm. If you hire me, I will bring the awards also to your agency. So in that point, it doesn't matter if you're not English, you're not uh, yeah. American, but uh, still just, you can... Just to yeah. zoom out a bit, because I know that okay. hopefully, I hope there are some uh, non-ad people listening to this. Um, just, I think it may be helpful to clarify what we mean when we say that um, it's good to be a conceptor and ah, sure. versus a copywriter. Um, so concepting would be about coming up with the overall idea for a campaign, but copywriting itself would be writing stuff out. Like you write out, suppose it's a film, you write out the script, suppose it's a radio spot, you write out the script there, all your banners and everything. But what I found interesting, like coming to Europe is that people say that they're a conceptual creative, you know, they've gotten around the whole thing by just saying, no, I'm a conceptor. So it doesn't matter what language I speak, I'll crack your concept and then we'll figure it out. So I thought that's also an interesting takeaway because back from India, like the copy, if you say you're a copywriter, you it's understood that you come up with the concept, but maybe over here, it's a bit different. Yeah, uh, I think uh, that's a good, um, a good point. And uh, well, I, this is the same thing I noticed, like in Italy was more, Art director copywriter division here yeah. in Europe, as you said, there is a, there's a, it's more like a hybrid position, you know? Yeah. And um, what I would say is that um, the power, you know, like uh, with concepting, with the, this creative conceptor, you know, mm-hmm. is to come up with the idea. But of course, you have also the power to uh, not just come up with the idea, but put the idea into the best words possible that make the other that are reading the idea or that the one that you are pitching yeah. to um, understand the idea, you know, but yeah. also um, make them, it should, it should make them feel somehow smart, you know, 
So that's the sort of effect that you know that you want to convey to your boss or something. You know, uh, oh, uh, um, listen, I got this idea, and you tell him, and then at the end of uh, it's maybe it's a sentence, you know, at the end of the sentence there should be something that makes the the the, the you know the listener yeah. uh, smiling and say, oh yes, that's smart. I got it. So yeah. I am smart as well. There is, sort smart. Of, there, there is a sort of inner reward, you know? Yeah. And if you are able to bring it this to in, like internally to your agency, then mm-hmm. of course, this is the first step to yeah. make it bigger and bigger. And then uh, of course, and then it comes the work of the copywriter, like, okay, uh, maybe it's a, ad com- a print ad, so we need uh, the print, mm-hmm. or maybe we need a script, you know, then the execution comes. But mm-hmm. what I really love, of course, is this, a process, as I told you, like to, f- to bring the idea into yeah. the minimum number of words, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that is in the end of the day what we all have to do. And it sounds so simple, but it's really fucking not. It's pretty mm-hmm. tough. <laughs> but yeah, I want to ask you now if there's something that really irritates you about the ad industry. Huh. Ah, that's a good question. I mean, I manage, I, I've been working in uh, advertising actually since one year, so it's not that much, mm-hmm. and I cha- but I changed many agencies. So um, I think that uh, one side would be um, that you have to acknowledge the, that really you have, a, sometimes you have really little power or what you're doing. So yeah. like no matter of how much effort you put, uh, but then you will wait for the client feedback, you will wait for the boss feedback, and everyone sees uh, different uh, ideas in different ways, or maybe something else will happen, like another agency is doing it, or the idea gets too much, uh, get like, you know, put aside for too long, and then it, it, it becomes older, uh, it becomes old, it, 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 age, it ages really bad, you know? Yeah. So there are so many things that can happen to your work, like the work that you put hours, days on it, maybe to crack this uh, difficult brief or something, and then you can't control. And um, and then there there's I think the what comes back, you know, to the being this sort of biogas generator. You know, it's all about this sort of resilient, being resilient yeah. in a way that um, a lot of bad things will happen. But like right now, for instance, I'm still bringing a lot of na- concept that I like, but I'm not even asking what the client says because I'm, I'm, I, I know that maybe in the future I will be disappointed, you know, by the yeah. feedback. Yeah. But still, I don't want to think about it. Like, I just want to be in this creative flow, like being happy with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, making the, the client happy eventually. Yeah. But right. that's uh, like, but if you, if I stop and and, and think, okay, uh, what the client really did, the client rejected all the the good ideas that they had. That that will feel like uh, horrible, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I I think that's the the one one thing that it doesn't bother me that much because I'm I'm doing this active exercise of being positive, you know. Yeah, and I think I think you yourself said that you're a very positive person, which kind of helps, I think. Many people, yeah, yeah, many people around me, I I think me included, like aren't that positive. I have to work quite hard to become positive. And it's pretty pretty difficult being in advertising with like having a defeatist kind of attitude or being a little sensitive because you're going to get your asshole ripped every day and you have to smile about it and eventually welcome it. Yeah, I would add another thing. Like it's not just about what, other people or like the environment will do to you, you know, if if you're if you don't have this positive attitude. But also, at least to me, it's all about what what like as, as we said before. Like if we uh, if we boil down these uh, what uh, this work is about, you know, it's about solving problems or finding something mm-hmm. that makes other people smile and think smart, you know. So I think you really have to be somehow happy. To, to come up with ideas because like happiness means like this sort of flow, you know? Yeah. And um, if you don't have that moment, uh, it's, it's like going against the, 
the 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 stream you know it's uh, yeah, really yeah, difficult yeah. i think yeah uh, because like for example uh uh consulting i could have just sat on my desk and working on reports even if i was super hungry that day yeah. maybe I, i'm super angry uh something really bad happened to me but whatever i just started uh, putting numbers and that's okay yeah but when it's about um brain work you you can't like uh you you can't put put like your brains and focus on stuff if yeah. you have like other uh, thoughts that are kind of uh, uh you know um yeah like uh, swirling around right exactly exactly and it's, it's also difficult. difficult because some days when you're having a bad day it literally shows in your work because you're not going to be concepting that well you won't be writing that well so it's also about training yourself to sort of compartmentalize in some way and speaking of being rejected all the time i wanted to come to this segment of the show called first failures um i want to ask you do you remember the first time you failed really hard in advertising and if so how did you process it and how did you get past it okay so um, i have a really very very first time and it was um yeah probably one of my first interviews in um uh, there were actually many fails in during that period of course uh when when i got to consulting later but i also reached out at some creative agencies and uh, these agencies asked me you know to do some small tests uh maybe they were like one day tests long or other was just you're sitting here and give me a test you know it's like a, and um sorry it's like a copy test is that the same thing uh like? in some cases yeah uh, one was a copy test and the other was uh, like two different agencies and the other was um coming up with a concept and a presentation so they wanted also to see how i was concepting and the presenting okay and uh, back then i was just uh, coming out from the university they didn't teach me anything about this you know okay and uh and i did really big failures um and meaning that like back then I, i mean i understood it didn't went well it didn't go well but still i was thinking uh, maybe i have some possibility you know but after i went through my mean school and all these things and i i i'm i remember you know those uh, interviews and they say man I, i i did like the worst thing ever you know uh, <laughs> but i didn't know anything so i wouldn't say like in that in that cases they were kind of failures that i didn't perceive that big mm-hmm. uh, in the in those moments you know Yeah. but if i have to consider like uh, failures that i really felt on my, my skin just right after you know yeah um i could say it was during like uh, the school uh, especially when i tried to enter advertising awards like student awards because to me it was really important to enter those awards and uh, win something yeah. as a sort of validation not from the industry or something but but just to say to myself see this career change somehow okay. it was a good thing you know because it didn't happen for long you know in the mm-hmm. end I, was, i managed to win something but before i was uh, i managed to win you know i was yeah. feeling uh, this every time i didn't manage to win uh, something you know i was feeling this failure and what i could say in general right now is that my main problem was that uh, i was just judging myself too early in the process Okay. What, what like this that? happen like also if for like a jo- job uh, interviews or like a, like I saw my classmates getting a job, you know, mm-hmm. time before me mm-hmm. and I was wondering, okay, what's wrong with me? I mean, I know there is a native uh, problem with copywriters, so yeah. I know what one problem was that, but as well like I I just had needed to wait to keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, what two months ago was uh, a failure actually was just part of the process like you have to go through nose yeah. and uh, i just didn't know back then yeah um but tell me more about um this difficult time where you said that i think you said you started too early at, both in awards and about getting a job do you mean you put like a lot of pressure on yourself and mm. you were expecting too much or what yeah so i said i started judging myself too early in the process 
Okay. Um, what I could say specifically, as you said, like I put a lot of pressure on me mm-hmm. because of my career choice, a career yeah. change, you know? So I had, uh, when I decided to change a career and everything, the mm-hmm. risks, of course, uh, I knew some of them and, and mostly were coming from uh, my family, my friends, you know? And in some cases, they were like direct pressure, like, uh, hey, what are you doing? Like, you, you're not going to make it, you know, all these things. Yeah. Uh, in other cases, they were indirect. Like you could see my friends, my peer getting their houses. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because, like, I sort of sometimes suffer with the same situation. Like, I'm seeing people getting promoted. Like, I'm a lawyer, ex-lawyer, lol. Uh, and I see friends getting promotions in big, big law firms, and it's just like, wow! I have to start my internship in October and they've gotten to a senior level and it's just very fucking difficult sometimes to be like, I gave all that up. I made that decision. So there are a lot of these intangible stress points that keep coming up. Yeah. And how do you sort of handle it? Do you just say, okay, like push it to the back of your head and move on? Or do you actually, do you have a different process? Yeah, this was probably one of the hardest things. And uh, it's kind of connected also to the question before, you know, about the judging yourself too early, you know. And uh, what I would say to anyone, you know, that is listening to this podcast, I would say that if you are like uh, considering and changing career, you have to consider really that you're going, you're going through, you're going through these, uh, these problems, let's say, to these challenges, of course, because you will see them. and. Um, yeah, like I saw my friends getting these uh, beautiful houses, uh, uh, some getting married because they were settled down, you know, and yeah. I was like, oh, well, I, I, I still don't know next week if I will sleep on a, so- on a sofa in Berlin or yeah. uh, somewhere else, you know, the, it yeah. was so crazy. And, um, but then I, 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 some days I was just putting, as you are saying, like them in the back and forgetting what was going on, you know, just saying, oh, I'm, I'm doing differently. But also some days I try to be, again, like this sort of biogas. <laughs> I mean, I, I embraced the shit that was coming to me, you know, yeah. and turn it into another way. Like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm not a senior. I'm not getting this uh, amazing uh, uh, income right now and stuff like that. But still, I had the privilege to uh, change my life because actually I, I, I'm changing my life. Like, my friends are still in the same hometown. I'm doing. I'm doing. They are doing the same shit. I could have done if I didn't move. You know, they every day it looks exactly the same. You know, so I I I started thinking I'm so lucky that I I, I started a second life. Mm-hmm. Like some people do the same life till they die. You know. Yeah. I yeah. was just I was able to to live in in a certain way for 25 years. Yeah. And then starting a new one. Uh, with a new city and stuff. And like, especially like being an internet, this stuff, um, I embraced the fact that I didn't have any responsibility. It was just like um, um, a funny, you know, uh, uh, roller coaster, like uh, yeah. just trying out and meeting new people and be the intern, you know? So even if my first time I got a job, like I didn't, I, I got a job without any internship. So I was proud also about yeah. myself, you know, Oh yes, I got a job without an internship. Yeah. And, and then I was again, like doing internship with, uh, so I would say this and connected to the, the, your question before. Uh, yeah. So at the same time, you know, when you are again, okay, intern and you see your friends, uh, you're, they, they, uh, they are 28 like you, but uh, they having uh, they are being promoted. Uh, they have all these uh, kind of uh, milestones, you know, check, yeah. you know, house, uh, yeah. marriage, you know, and you feel super bad. Again, it's all about I'm judging myself too early in this process mm-hmm. because if I might see myself like in five, ten years, uh, this will be. I mean, I can't forecast anything, of course, but. Um, what I can say is that maybe in 10, five years, they will see me in a way like, oh, this person managed to, you know, reach what he liked. He's living in the place he wanted with the, uh, with the, with the work, blah, 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 he wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but this came, came, you know, afterwards, like after all my choices and stuff like that. So right. 
I think it's um, it's normal. It's the big risk you are taking when you are doing the change, the career change. Yeah. And also, uh, let me tell you like another thing that I'm right now a bit experiences in the in this uh, new agency. Yeah. Of course, is that you have to be ready. Also, mm-hmm. it's not a big thing, but uh, maybe some people like uh, uh, don't think about it. You have to be ready also to meet people in the agencies. They are like younger than you, mm-hmm. but they have a bigger seniority. Of course. That's another because, thing I wanted to ask you because people who are in this age industry start off earlier and you don't need a degree per se. No one's saying where's your advertising yeah. degree to become a copywriter. You can start writing at 20 or 21 and have a pretty decent job and you'd be working at it for five years. You'd get promoted and then you see a 30-year-old intern who's come all the way from some other part of the world and you have to work with them. What's yeah, that? I know. Yeah. It's it's so strange. Like I, I was a bit also surprised sometimes. Like uh, oh yeah, you're working uh, since you were like twenty, and uh, you're working six years. So now, right now, like you're uh, almost like you're a senior or something. But you are twenty six, and at twenty eight, I'm just a junior entering. You know the room. You know the, this sort yeah. of uh, things that um, yeah, you, you just need to be kind of ready to to all these situations, and uh, and think that at least this industry is not caring much about the age, I would say. I mean, not not much as other industries, I would say. And also, yeah. especially, at least here in Germany, like in Italy, maybe the age is still a big factor, but I wouldn't say Germany still is super strict. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then also another thing that I say to myself, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I don't have anything against, uh, you know, people like uh, in their 30s, 30s, but I would say that, if you're still in your 20s, it's kind of okay to be like uh, experimenting and uh, like, uh, I mean, there's always a, a time you can experiment, you know, you know? but yeah. as we said, like if you are 35 and you are the intern, then it feels like... It feels like, odd. Yeah, exactly. But not just from your side. I think that it becomes really strange for also the other people. Yeah. Because that's also, I think, like... You you still have to fit somehow the agency culture, the team, and stuff like that. And they they yeah. don't believe you somehow. It feels um, it feels wrong. Yeah, yeah. So this I mean, I ring. yeah, I don't think I'd want to be a thirty five year old intern. That's that seems super scary. But I think people have done it. Some people have actually been interns at thirty five. Yeah, know. I mean, could happen. Yeah. Let's <laughs> go on to the next question, which is actually about um, ad school. Um, I think you did a big chunk of ad school when the pandemic hit, right? And uh, yes. And I think all your in, were your internships all remote, or did you manage to get some? Uh, out of four internships, uh, one was uh, only one was on site. Okay, and how did this whole thing affect you? Like, did you feel like? I know when people start their MAS or ad school careers, they have such big dreams, right? Oh, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to intern everywhere. I'm going to do this, that, land a job in a new country. And then you're working out of your flat for the next uh, nine months. So what, what's that experience like for you? And I'm going to be super direct. Uh, I felt yeah. like shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like... Um, so I think like the rest of the world, I mean, a huge part of the world during the pandemic, I was, um, I, I was uh, really down uh, because I, I, I was going, I was almost going to, like the pandemic struck uh, when I was, uh, I, I already bought my flight to go to London to an agency there. Ooh. And, uh, you know, big thing, London, it was one of the biggest agencies. So really, uh, I was looking forward to that. And uh, that didn't happen. Like uh, I did it all remotely. Um, But what I can say is that, yeah, I feel bad. But then again, that same exercise, I told you, like uh, turning shit into something positive. Okay. (laughs) I I said, okay, there are so many people that are not even able to get an internship right now. Yeah. So... I'm still super lucky in this year where a lot of people are just stopping because mm-hmm. they, they don't have a job. They don't. And uh, to keep going, to keep learning, even if from remote, even if uh, not in the city of my dreams, you know, 
I, of course, I had the, I was lucky of that, you know, being European, I, 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 I actually, you know, flew away from Berlin where the pandemic was coming and came back home in Italy. Okay. And so I was kind of also pampered and uh, with my family and stuff like that. So I didn't have to pay like a, for a flat and working remotely from that because that w- would have we would have be drove me uh, drove me crazy, you know, because it was yeah. kind of. But anyways, yeah, I I I did this sort of exercise of being, um, uh, you know, um, yeah, like uh, being grateful of what yeah. I had in in this uh, really difficult year and um, to say that you're a very dangerously positive person like i've never met someone <laughs> with this much positivity i mean you have i i, I mean the ways i i go through you know yeah. i have a, of course my down period like yeah. uh, i i felt as i told you really bad um but then i needed to you know bounce back you know i yeah. saw like friends going amazing uh getting amazing results with uh, words getting amazing results with jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, sometimes, you know, also this helps me, uh, at least personally, I am a person that likes competition. Yeah. So it's normal to me to see the others, to check the others, what they do, what they achieve. Mm-hmm. And this motivate, motivates me. Sometimes also this make me feel like, uh, oh, I'm really bad. I didn't achieve anything, you know? Yeah. But I always try to turn this into, oh, I want to do more. Because and that's I would say it's something that started early during university when I was doing too much like I was the best let's say student in the in the class or something getting the best grades uh-huh. I felt I think if I stay here I'm not learning yeah. like I want I want to put myself in a place where I feel I feel like nothing I feel like the, I'm the last one yeah, so yeah. that's I think the exercise I've been doing since. Uh, my first university. So I, I, I was uh, in a small university Then I moved to Milano, like to a bigger one. And then I moved to like a Miami school and stuff like this, you know, it's always like kind of um, being the, the small fish in the, yeah. in, in a bigger, in a bigger yeah. pond, in a bigger yeah. ocean. And, uh, and this, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, this is a sort of mindset, you know, like if, if things go bad, it's be- I say it's because I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just in a bigger ocean, you know? So yeah. it's it, it it's what happened. Yeah, yeah, you've got life coach vibes. <laughs> yeah, probably I could I could start uh, something, you know, like uh, yeah, as a teacher or something. Yeah, second side hustle. I also wanted to ask you: Do you think an ad school is something that helps people who are doing a second career? And I know it's a bit of a controversial topic because ad school is very expensive. Not everyone can afford it. And also it does it in advertising that no one says I need you to be from an ad school. Um, yeah. What do you think? Like, do you think it helps? Do you think if you could go back, you would have chosen differently after going through the experience? I feel, I, first of all, yeah, it's a, it's a really good question and a lot debated, a lot of uh, debates around this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, like it's easy also to speak now that, kind of I made it you know I, I finally landed a job in advertising now despite yeah. all the problems but I would say that yeah I would do it again even if sometimes they they feel like a bit of scam or something you know you're paying to get internships and it's mm-hmm. like what's happening you know there are also some people in the creative industry they, they don't want people yeah. coming from the portfolio schools because all they think they, everybody thinks uh the same you know they are kind of and, and and the advertising is looking for like a diverse yeah. uh, environment, you know. But what I would say is that portfolio school schools are probably uh, the best for people that really want to change career. Yeah. Because um, because anyways, even if they take uh, some time in my case, two years, so a lot, but in other cases, something less, they 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 can really prepare you like to advert the advertising world mm-hmm. at least giving you some some tips but you can you you come with your you know baggage of uh, of um of knowledge from yeah. the other industry and otherwise you won't be able you know to yeah. to get connected to like i, I tried you, you know back yeah. then but i didn't have a portfolio or nothing so i think uh, in all the options you could go to a portfolio school 
uh, I think the best one, or, or maybe the most effective one, is a uh, uh, career change. Also, because as you meant, mentioned, like they, they cost a lot, and the yeah. only way I managed to get there was, uh, but I paid the school by myself. But because I saved all the money, you know, during my consulting year, yeah, and um, because I knew that I wanted to change, also, you know? yeah. So this is something that maybe only a person that is uh, already starting working can yeah. manage to achieve. Uh, because the other cases would be, you know, I, I just, um, I, I'm just uh, got out from the college, you know, yeah. uh, I just got a diploma, but you're not even, you don't know anything about not just universities and yeah. advertising. You don't know anything, you know, about also yourself, I think yeah. yet, like if you, sometimes you are a bit too young also to, to start an expensive, I would say, um, portfolio school, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I would say, yeah, for like changing career, portfolio schools are really a good, uh, good choice. And um, I think another point that that helped me and people coming from, say, India or non-European countries, um, it, you also get a lot of networking in. You get a lot of contacts. And I know people yeah. from MES who graduated like in 2016 and stuff from India who still have these contacts. But what I will say is that people need to do all the heavy work by themselves. Like I think when you come to ad school, you think that you have a lot of things ready for you. Like you'll get your internships and maybe you'll just get your job. But I think you have to do the heavy lifting. Like you have to be very proactive about making connections, especially when it's a pandemic, because we're going to like an empty school that we, we're not interacting with people. So you have to really take the extra step here. And if you're an introvert or if you're just shy and you're meeting new cultures, new people, fuck, you have to like really push yourself. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with this. I was actually lucky that the, my first year, uh, the, I mean, it was the year before the pandemic. So I managed to study in an environment like physically. But just to give you an example, like I was the one with like a couple of uh, classmates that after just one week, we started studying in, in Miami High School and we didn't know anything about awards and all these things. Mm-hmm. We joined it together to do an award in, in, in a week. You know, we worked on it. And this was totally proactive. And it turned out that these two, flat, uh, these two classmates, you know, also were the people that I worked the best with in, in all the two years, you know, because okay. like we, we already kind of met, you know, just the first week. So I think it's uh, really, as you said, um, this proactive mindset. Yeah. And also, uh, also about what motivates you. Like in my case, I felt all the sort of weight of oh, career change, a lot of money, or a lot of sacrifice. So make it worth it. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I would say, uh, like many things, actually, um, portfolio schools are like uh, gives you the tools, gives you the stage. Mm-hmm. But then it's up to you. What, yeah. what to do yeah i think that's fair and um i think i want to wrap this up by asking you um one last question do you have any like if there's one thing you can tell someone who has similar aspirations of maybe moving uh, switching careers and getting into advertising or even in something creative is there something that you'd like to share with them that would help them you mean like a suggestion or... Just... Yeah. Or even if it's like, if there was a TED talk or something that you'd like <laughs> keep listening to, or if there was a meme that you kept like looking at, I don't know, anything that helped you maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think I I would say that whatever, you know, are the... The downsides, the cons of uh, this uh, industry uh, of working in uh, in this field, and, and the problems that you you will face also to get a job, you know everything, you know. Um, I always like to think that um, even if it's really stressful, it's still one of the best jobs ever in the world mm-hmm. because what you do every day. Uh, is being paid like also for for my copywriter perspective, you know, yeah. being paid to 
learn about new things, yeah. which is like going through insights, uh, reading stuff and like that. And just using your the one of the best parts of the of your brain, you know, that is mm-hmm. the creative creativity and finding something, you know, getting into this flow mindset mindset. Yeah. So again, I think there are really few jobs in the world that you're getting paid to be to stay in this sort of flow mm-hmm. uh, mentality. And and advertising is one of that. And I think that if you like, if you love actually, if you love that feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth pursuing it, of course. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that you have to work in this in, in this industry forever, you know. But I, I think at least is a really nice experience to to go through, despite all the problems. You know? Yeah, fair enough, Lorenzo. Thanks so much for chatting with me and um, giving me a bit of positivity in life because I was on low battery. <laughs> My soul was rather, but. Now, this was really fun, dude. Thank you so much. And um, I really, yeah, it was nice to learn about everything about your life, dude. So many similarities also, because I'm from India, you're from Italy. And I could tell that this whole career change journey is so similar. So I hope people, you know, take yeah. something for, from it and resonate with it. But yeah, thanks, Lorenzo. Thank you for this nice talk. Yeah, welcome. My pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening. Cool. Until next time then. Thanks for listening to the Please Turn Over podcast with me, Divya Nirle. If you've recently shifted careers from a so-called traditional career to advertising or know anyone who has, drop me a line. I'd love to get chatting with you on my next episode. You can reach me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. My profile is at Mirle Minto, that's M-I-R-L-A-Y underscore M-I-N-T-O. See you soon.